Hi, this is Mary H.K. Choi, and you're listening to Hey Cool Life, a micropod about mental health and creativity. It's January 6th, 2000. Oh, lies. It's February 6th, 2015, and this is episode 35. I'm wearing a ripstop nylon uh, parka inside a house because I'm cold, and so if you hear any swishiness, please forgive me. Um, I'm trying not to. <laughs> swish too much because there's nothing like the crunchiness of nylon that can be kind of like misophonic depending on how you skew but anyway um so I wanted to talk a little bit about a few things like I tweeted yesterday just generally sort of jumping into this whole notion about you know like quit your day job and pursue your dreams immediately because you know, fiscally speaking, this is not um, a plausible route for most human beings who need food and shelter and like any of the base of the the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Um, You know, and if that is your truth and that has worked for you, then I think that that is wonderful and heroic and very brave and courageous. Um, I personally know that I can't quit jobs unless I have like a really really hardcore um amount of runway for my personal burn rate and I do keep my burn rate pretty low um my fixed costs right now like my rent is so high but my fixed costs are pretty low um just because I always feel like there is a recession coming especially in the line of work that I do I think that that is true of maybe a lot of creatives that, um, yeah, that the feeling that the rug can be pulled out from under us at any given point. Um, But I tweeted about how, you know, for me personally, I found that taking, you know, like I don't have a lot of like romanticism towards what creative work actually entails it's like really really hard um and that sometimes means that I have to take regular jobs to underwrite them and for me I've taken sort of like large corporate-ish media jobs just so that I can have money like so I can I mean essentially and you know don't don't tell my bosses and put this on my CV but like I take big jobs that pay well that have crazy hours so that I can quit them faster um and so I I I kind of shared that and I also shared a follow-up which I've also discovered to be true and discovered to be true for a lot of friends but I wasn't I didn't know how much it would resonate with a lot of people which was that like taking a job that is a day job that is adjacent to your dreams can be really really soul crushing and the reason is that like you feel so close to the people doing exactly what you want and that proximity can dupe you into believe that it's kind of like your dream and you and and over time you think that like you can talk yourself into settling for something that is like dream adjacent but for me that like that front row seat to someone who is living your dream is so excruciating and 
I also find it sort of dangerous because you learn so much about the reality of that dream like you learn the statistics of like how successful people can be and who won't be successful and you learn so so much about the mechanics of that how that particular sausage is made and I feel that like over time not only do you sort of dupe yourself into thinking it's close enough but you can psych yourself out from taking that leap because you just know too much everyone I've talked to for Hey Cool Job my other podcasts about um, careers and how like people ended up where they ended up like everyone sort of either had a leap of faith that was um, levied upon them because they, they got laid off or they took a leap of faith through sheer ignorance and not in curiosity about the field because there was enough sort of general research done about what it would take to be in it but there was such a foolhardiness in the first few years of being like wow if I had known then what I know now I don't know if I would have had the guts to do this and I feel like an inadvertent side effect of taking a job that's adjacent to your dream is this very knowledge um and again like there are other people who have had different experiences but like I just for one example I know a lot of um writers who worked in the book industry for a long time and still do um and they sort of like learned the mechanics and they, they wrote their first book and and they have seen success and it's been wonderful and that is great it's just that I knew when I wanted to write fiction you know I I was like the assistant for an editor-in-chief of a music magazine for like many many years and then I did a lot of like other jobs and that's why like I am a late bloomer and I'm grateful that I'm a late bloomer um but that's why I didn't have my first novel until I was like well into my late 30s um and yeah I really do wish I had crossed that Rubicon sooner um yeah so that's just something that I wanted to talk about the other thing too is I wanted to put like a little button on what I talked about yesterday in terms of like how um seeking external validation can sometimes shortchange the ambition of your creative output because you're kind of moving towards like this pre-established like finite goal but the other part that I wanted to address because I talked a little bit more to um, the person who asked the query which was like how do I move away from goal-oriented creativity because I know on some level it's it's bad for my soul but it's so effective at other times well we talked a little bit further and you know this this person is a woman of color and I just wanted to share a little bit more context just from my personal experience and this may resonate with you and I certainly don't think you have to be a woman of color for this to resonate with you but sometimes seeking external validation or having a goal that is pre-established or prescriptive is helpful because you may feel so vulnerable about the extent of your creative output that you and this is again for me actually well I felt 
so insecure about like my creative output and so vulnerable about it that it like I couldn't imagine just taking up the space in the world without sort of knowing what box it would land in and that was certainly true for me for my first novel and and it's one thing for me like you know with my second book deal being like oh don't do that it's so bad for you but were I to speak honestly that's exactly what I did with my first book and it had so much to do with the fact that my first agent was like oh no emergency contact as it is now isn't a real book and me being like oh I'll show you (laughs) like you know like you Brutus you know and that was a huge motivator but I think that what surprised me once I wrote the book and put it out and had to promote it is that like I had to call upon great reserves of feeling as though that my book had to deserve to exist whether people asked for it or whether people had a goal assigned to it or not like I had to just get really comfortable which never really happened like it was really really daunting and hard and something that I struggle with to this day but like I had to be like no my book deserves to live and it's it deserves to live not based on anything external but it deserves to live because I deserve to take up space to say this and I will claim my own agency and I will claim the real estate that this book takes up and so like those are the things that need to happen like once you make a really big challenging thing again that no one's asked for it's unsolicited that you have to squeeze your like elbows and like fight and flail and just establish as like existing and yeah like I guess that's the same thing with like dream adjacent jobs like you know you have to fight to exist of your own agency and you have to drink your own Kool-Aid and you have to tell everyone that you're drinking your own Kool-Aid until they believe it and you know that framing of like I'm doing this for me gets really really important with bigger projects that require that long tail of propulsion where once you like get rid of the payload you still have to keep going and that gets even truer at least that's in my personal experience about like following projects like that's certainly true of my second book and certainly true of my third book which is actually my scariest book to write um and I'll share more about my third book because it's like really kicking my ass um and I'll talk about that tomorrow but yeah like I know this doesn't sound gentle because it's like you have to fight and da 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 and I do believe that there is a way to do that gently and that has everything to do with patience and the acceptance the true acceptance of the fact that you cannot do it all by yourself and you cannot do it all today um that whole doing two things gets really crucial when both those things are things that make you deeply uncomfortable and when both those those things are you confronting the world with the assurance that you get to exist and you get to take up space in it so that's what I wanted to share um wishing all of you a gentle day wishing all of your creative pursuits auspicious positive vibes 
and wishing patience and compassion for the self that makes this work because it's so hard and I have so much respect for you and I have so much respect for your process and I have so much respect for the work. Um, Have a great day.